Warning, the following podcast contains foul language, sexual themes, and all sorts of other fun stuff. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, listeners. I know it's been a really long moons. Is that how we're measuring this? Moon? Are we measuring this this time off in moons? It was moments ago. <laughs> moments? It was moments ago? Well, for the uh, for the listeners, in theory, the... it was moments ago. Oh, I thought we were going to like release this real time, like... <laughs> from our perspective oh my god no it's actually been three okay. days it's been three, three days sleeps. uh we've had lives uh some of us may have had romantic encounters since then definitely not uh, me. two two of us actually two of us two two of us uh one of them being our guest oh shit we have a guest uh i'm m uh for those of us who forgot from the first <laughs> part of the episode hour and a half uh and this is this is sarah over here that other voice that you may recognize <laughs> from the first half of the uh, episode <laughs> but would our would our guest like to introduce themselves no <laughs> well i can introduce him um <laughs> oh wait no 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 if the if the other option is sarah doing it then yeah i'll do okay. it okay um I, I'm Brandon. Uh, according to the end of the last episode, my last name must remain secret to keep my identity hidden, um, as told to you by Sarah, who introduced me as her husband two sentences after listing her Twitter handle, which is Sarah S. Wilton at, uh, you know, at Twitter. So um, whatever anyone does, do not say my last name because I don't want people finding me. Well, it... Okay, so on this Zoom call, it shows me that <laughs> your name is Sarah S. Wilton. And my name is that's, also Sarah S. Wilton. So That's my which alias. Is, um, which is amazing. Like, how did, you, how did you meet each other when you had the exact same name? It's actually really easy when you have the same exact name. We had to split up the computers because we are obviously both recording, but I'm recording in the bedroom and he is in the dining room. And so, uh, because I'm usually logged into Zoom on his computer, it's just uh, carrying over the name that I usually use. So we are both Sarah S. Wilton today. Why am I not Sarah S. Wilton? Uh, you can be. With a low, low We're payment of Wilton. your entire human soul, you too can become Sarah S. Wilton. Well, I don't even think I have one of those, much like Bella, so I'll just give it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so brandon do you want to explain why we decided to have you on today uh i forced you to as your husband and said hey cut me into that i i need to be there no actually okay that's that's a lie <laughs> um so yeah brandon is a very mean uh dominating man yeah he gaslights ooh, me ooh. Oh yeah! <laughs> he yells oh, I remember. I remember hearing all about that when I'm editing these podcasts. Um, <laughs> that, that was news to me. Uh, Sarah was five feet away from me as I'm editing the episode, and just here, yeah. And so Brandon gaslights me all the time. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Now he's gaslighting me about gaslighting me. No, I'm not saying you don't do it. I'm just saying I found out a strange way. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyways, um, I'm here for the part this particular episode. A um, little bit about my history with Twilight. Never fucking read it. Um, any of them. When I was 15 on Halloween, I got the pleasure of seeing Twilight, the movie. Um, yeah. Then later I saw Breaking Dawn Part 2 in theaters at a midnight release. So... I, you know, it's like you a, it's like it a so weird much. sandwich with a bunch of air between. Except the bread's really old and moldy and shitty. Okay, but why? 
<laughs> Why are you? I I'm getting <laughs> okay. there. I'm. I, I thought I could feel you wanting to say something after I said that, it so was... I was giving you giving you room. I... How are the tomatoes on it? There were none. That's the issue. I didn't see any of the movies in between, so it just had really bad pieces of bread. Were they like the so end you know. pieces with nothing but crust? Worse. And like mold on them. Worse. It was like it was like a sandwich made from two potatoes from the potato famine. Don't even. No, get it's me like the bottom. The one. The one that was Twilight was just like a bunch of pieces of paper shredded up so that they paper cut your tongue and it was so bland and dry and plain and the the top was just uh, it was like a CGI piece of bread and it tasted like <laughs> eating computer parts. We're no there were a little there were little the bits of baby in there too. We're oh just gonna do a long a, a hour and a half long analogy for Brandon's experience watching these movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I have since filled in uh, with some, I, I don't know, what would you call a new moon? Like the mayonnaise, I guess, <laughs> of, the, of, the of the sandwich. The mayonnaise of the sandwich. I just got mayonnaise between two pieces of bread. <laughs> That's all I got so far. We'll get there. But yeah, I've so I watched poor. New Moon with these. I've eaten a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I watched New Moon with these folks a couple, a couple, three weeks ago, was it? I don't know, a while two ago. Two weeks ago. Um, two weeks ago. Okay. Time, you know, time flies or whatever. Or doesn't in quarantine, but... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I wanted to be a part of it because uh, I'm not an expert on film, but I have definitely studied it. I have taken film classes. I have taken film studies classes. I like films in general and like reading, you know, reading and learning about them on my own as well. And so it's, it's I won't say it's a passion of mine. I'm not well, going like, to go out there and direct a, a movie. Of short films. I've, I've made, I have participated in the making of a lot of short films as director, cameraman, editor, editor, or um, Brandon couple and I audio things. A short film together. We have. You can find some of the short films I worked on if you look really hard at me, and I don't want you to. So I never did help. any of that because I wasn't in, I never took theater in high school. I was in theater, like I did the after school program, but I never took the class because I was in too many choirs. <laughs> so I'll be honest, some of, the, some of the short films that we made in our high school theater class were better than the ones that I made in some of my college classes. That's because you pretty much had unbridled creativity in our high school theater. The oh no, we had that. We had that in our college classes too. It's just I was dealing with it. You know, I'm not gonna. Never mind. He was severely depressed Look. while he was in college. No, this was. You realize I made some of these like last semester, so. Oh, oh my god. He when I was this, in a film class. He made this, oh, he made this super funny little short film by himself about, like, what he's doing while he's in quarantine. I would love to share that with the world. It made me laugh so hard. There was this part where he gets a knock on the door, and so he grabs. We have a lot of random prop weaponry in our home. And so he grabbed, like, the sword and the airsoft gun and a knife, and he put it in his mouth like Zorro Wait. from One Piece. Where were the keyblades? Did you have a keyblade? I didn't have no, one. No, he had a knife. I did. A that sword, wouldn't translate well to a general audience, so I, so, you know, I got the sword instead. Yeah, we also have multiple yeah. keyblades. We also now have a baseball bat, but I don't think we had that at the time. We also have a, a wooden replica of Crescent Rose from Ruby. And that wouldn't work very well as a weapon, though. It, I mean, no, it's, it wouldn't. It if you swing it, 
It's gonna hurt. Well, a yeah, the issue is that it's difficult to swing with. It's and all I'm saying heavy, is, yeah. it's only pr- it's only prop weaponry until you actually beat someone with it. Then it's just weaponry. <laughs> that is a good point. The sword we have is not super high quality, but you could definitely stab a motherfucker with it. You couldn't slash anyone. You though. could not slash anyone. You could sharpen it and probably slash someone. Well, yeah, that's kind of how it works. So before we get into this, I need you to know. So like like I said, it's been three sleeps since we last recorded, and since we last recorded. I had another owl dream, but this time the owl did not say we have your grandparents. Did they say they have me? No, (laughs) it did not say we have Amelia. (laughs) No, it came up to me and it said, we need you to come with us. And then I woke up and I was like, motherfucker, where are we going? Please just give me some information. I am running on nothing at this point. Much like (laughs) Much like Bella. I, in the time between our recordings, I went to Half Price Books. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And fortunately, I was able to pick up a copy of a book I've been looking for for a very long time. Which is? Known as A Memory Called Empire. Uh, And under that book, I hid the copy of Eclipse that I was also buying. (laughs) for season three uh and i got up to the counter and i put the books down and the cashier was like like pulled the first book and she was like oh i just got this book too i've been really wanting to read it and i'm like yeah i've been waiting for it for a while and then she looked down at eclipse and i'm like i haven't been waiting for that this is why you anonymously (laughs) order all of your copies of the twilight saga by stephanie meyer on amazon it's okay. She was like, I've read Twilight 2, and I'm like, I'm doing it for a podcast. <laughs> you revealed to someone on the outside that we do a podcast. That's so exciting. Don't don't, don't judge me. So let's actually get into talking about the movie. Um, there were a few key differences. and Can we just replace the book with the Honestly, movie? please. Because <laughs> there was... Okay, so <laughs> I have a few things that I wanted to say about it. I actually took some notes on it. Um, There were a couple things that I thought it improved. And then there was one thing that I noted that they kind of left out, but they included, but also left it out that like made it not make any sense. But before we get started, did anyone want to make a note like right away? No, I never saw the yellow curtains. We never saw the yellow curtains. Bella's room looks very different in the movies than it is described in the book. Because in the book, it seems very plain. But in the movies, it has personality. To be fair, that's pretty typical of movies, uh, adaptations of books. Yeah. Like you, can, you can do a lot describing a very boring room in a book, but you can't really do the same in a movie. Like, you can, you can go in-depth describing curtains and bedding and shit that's really fucking boring. But in a movie, you have to actually, like, talk about personality with the design of the, the room and everything. I mean, the, the problem is, in the movie, with it having personality, the whole point in the book is that it doesn't have personality. That there's really yeah, and... nothing in it. But in the movie, it looks like it's been lived in and that it's been, like, a room that someone really likes. Versus in the book, where it's the idea is supposed to be that Bella fucking hated going to Forks. She never decorated the room, never put anything on the walls. The curtains are 17 years old and yellow. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing you get with 
you know, adapting books into movies is like where, how much do you make it exactly like it and how much do you change to, because, you know, they're completely different mediums. You're not going to paint it, you know, the same way with acrylic paint and oil paint. You're, you have to change things up even if you're painting the same thing. It's kind kind of works like that. And I mean, you can literally do like a 30 minute dissertation on, you know, dissecting any movie character's room because they, you know, that's a big, easy way to kind of talk about a character without having to have words. It's just how you decorate and present their bedroom. I guess... Facts. Yeah. When I'm on Tinder <laughs> and I'm swiping through people, if they don't have a bio or they don't have much of one, I literally look at the pictures and will look at whatever rooms they're in behind them to try and ascertain parts of their personalities to see if I should swipe left or right. I guess the movies do convey <laughs> Bella having a less absolutely miserable opinion of forks because like in the first five minutes of twilight she sees jacob and she's like super excited to see him whereas in the book she literally doesn't remember him at all who's, who's, <laughs> who's so that? um where's where are, no, the, who, where are the vampires i didn't recognize jacob at first and i, had, oh. <laughs> I was in a little bit of shock when i saw taylor lot because I was like, of the oh. hair yeah, that's a big part of it. Look, I have seen Taylor Lautner in, like, the later Twilight movies, in a, a few other different movies, and then Sharkboy and Lava Girl. And he looked closer to Sharkboy than he did, you know, what I saw in Breaking Dawn Part 2. He looked so wholesome in the—I think that's the point, though. In the beginning—so in Twilight, he wasn't super jacked, because they hadn't—that was the point, was that he looked totally yeah. normal. He was just supposed to be tall. But then in the beginning of New Moon, he starts bulking up because he's like, because it's been a year, he's grown, he's getting closer to being a whoop. And then they actually do a pretty decent job because he looks so wholesome and nice. And then when he chops off all of his hair, he's supposed to look edgier. Oh my God. I remember, did, Brandon, did you make a comment when we were watching the movie about why nobody had any shirts on? I think so, probably. <laughs> I gave up on taking notes because it was just a bunch of why 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 or no please no <laughs> so I, I gave up on taking notes so no. um no. one thing so something that was added to the movie that i actually really liked was the was bella emailing alice and so every once in a while you would get her internal narration but it was done as like a dear alice like she was writing emails to alice which super uh nicely conveyed the fact that bella like really missed alice and was like really um close with her that she was like seeing alice as someone that she could go to to talk to all this stuff about with and it really nicely conveyed the fact that it really should have been alice that she was with and not <laughs> edward there are multiple different people throughout these bo this book series that bella could be good with but she just refuses to acknowledge it like most human beings um, so when Bella uh, arrives at Jacob's place, first of all, they don't even show the scene where she like gets the motorcycles. She just shows up at his place with the motorcycles. A lot of these movies definitely were written with book readers in mind because. Yeah. And they also with the motorcycle scene, it was a little weirder because it was the next door neighbor. Yeah. So like, how is how? How could you possibly get away with that? Rather than someone just random across town that Charlie doesn't really know. Charlie knows that this guy is getting rid of these motorcycles. How is the guy not going to say something to Charlie? Yeah, that's that's something that would be too easy to come up in conversation. Yeah. Um. So when Bella goes to the garage and she gives, she's like, 
it, she when they're first in the garage and she goes and she like turns the music off, she just says, I don't like music. And then she sits down. There's a lot of problems with this, but the most egregious problem with that is that it never comes up again in the whole movie. Nope, because they skip right over the uh, car scene with Mike and Jacob and everything. And with the scene with Jessica where she changes the radio station. So, Brandon, I know you didn't read the book, but one of the main like plot points is that Bella kind of avoids anything that might remind her of Edward. Yes, I kind of I kind of caught so that. So she never listens they... to music. She never watches TV or anything. Did she consistently not like music, or is it just during this like it's, her you know she her loves relationships music. in shambles? Okay, she, that's one of her. Only it's the thing. only personality. Yeah, for... that's the only thing we know about her is that she loves music. But so then when she when Edward leaves, she stops listening to music, stops watching TV. She basically doesn't do anything that might remind her of him. And so that's, like, brought up in the book several times. She never outright says, I don't like music. But then at some point, Jacob brings up that she doesn't like music. And it's just a note of him, like, paying attention to her. But that never comes up again. Which pissed me off. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. You have no context a, for this. And it's, it's a strange way to convey that. Yeah. It's also really annoying because in the book, she never says, I don't like music. It's just that yeah, it's weird to like be like I don't like music. Like there's one thing like there are some songs that definitely like I have tied with certain people or moments or or anything like that. But like if anything, if I'm upset, I'll just avoid songs that remind me of that. I don't I don't I don't understand why you'd be like I I won't listen to any music. Well, Sarah's theory on this is that Ed listened to such an eclectic collection of music that it was impossible almost to listen to anything and not think of Edward for Bella. Which is the reason that she switched it specifically to rap <laughs> in Jessica's car and left it on when it was so like rap. a good a Ed good way to rap. yeah a good way of conveying this is be like you know make her start listening to the music that uh, Jacob listens to and then like she obviously doesn't actually like it but she like pretends to like it and then afterwards when she gets over all you know like when she gets out of this mood she's just like I fucking hate that shit. it's like a superficial i'm only listening to this because it reminds me of someone else and it and then it's also symbolic of her being like oh man i like this jacob boy and then she realizes that she like edward the whole time and she was just kind of fooling herself and putting a show on she doesn't she doesn't like jacob brandon i i know that's that's the point that's what i'm just saying no she she doesn't even pretend to like jacob even to herself yeah in the book she spends the whole fucking time being like i'll never like jacob (laughs) well she'll never in the way that she likes she loves jacob just not in the way that she loves Edward, which sucks because in the movie you have this lovely moment at the end where she's like, I love you. Please don't make me choose because it's going to be him. And it's like, I like that. I hate that moment because it's so stupid because it shouldn't be Edward. Granted, if Edward was trying to make her choose, she would probably just be like, yeah, of course I'll choose you, which sucks. Um, But at least it conveys her like very concrete feelings of I do love you. And she says it a few times in the book, but she never says it to him, which kind of sucks. But at the same Lame. time, I like that. She, much like yeah, the much like the whole entire book. Um, yeah, the the movie definitely plays it as like uh, I you know I'm having relationship troubles, so I'm gonna like superficially have this almost kind of relationship with this person that I don't actually like, just so to help me get over this. And then she like kind of realizes that she can't actually like get over edward you know it's a common plot in a lot of tv shows and movies to have like this my relationship's in shambles i'm gonna start this new one and then like oh no never mind this just made me realize i'm more in love with the other person and i definitely play it a lot more like that 
The Wait, should I do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot say follow following movie logic is a good idea. The Have you ever seen The Graduate? Probably, probably. Oh my god. <laughs> Just go find someone's mom. Fuck them a lot. And then fall head over heels in love with her daughter. And then elope with her. While... And keep in mind that this is all not for any good or logical reason. And then like the falling in love thing is also kind of up to debate. Um, it, this is all just out of like an existential crisis uh, after reaching adulthood. Counterpoint. Counterpoint. I go fuck a pie. Why would You're you a fuck fucker? a pie? Whoa, 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 whoa! I don't, I don't, I don't deal with pie fuckers. <laughs> okay. Anyway, new moon. Um, the there were several moments that I really liked, um, but only because cinematically I thought they were good, not because the movie itself was good. And none of them were the CGI. None of them were the CGI. No. <laughs> Babe, would you like to give some input on the CGI in this movie, such as them transforming into wolves? Honestly, honestly, the, all the wolf stuff wasn't that bad. It's, like, for that time especially. Like, it, it wasn't groundbreaking or anything, but it was definitely serviceable. It was good enough that it didn't take me out of the experience. Um, they, they did quite a good quite a good job with it and like you can really only get nitpicky if you look at it pretty closely some of the actual like movement of it like when the wolves were just like standing there and like being wolves it wasn't that bad and even when they were moving it wasn't that bad but when it was like kind of transitioning there's definitely a little bit of wonkiness which is fine like it's it's 2000 well probably 2008 that they were filming it or whatever yeah this movie was uh, made in less than a year they should have had Blur animate those scenes. <laughs> but, like, it, it wasn't that bad. There were, there were some weird things. Like, the, I'm pretty certain, it was hard to tell from the couch, that the the clock hands on the, the clock face <laughs> that they showed at the beginning and later were CGI, and those were really <laughs> obvious. Like, they didn't even, like, try on it. That was the, the shadow thing. looked kind of bad. The, it was like somebody just, like, got their drawing tablet and just drew over frames of the movie. Was the it wasn't like, Brandon, like... So it's like they took the empty clock face. <laughs> yeah. It was like they took the clock face and then they, like, you know, modeled the, the hand, put it on there. But they, like, the clock hand looked like it was a PlayStation 2 model. And the shadow looked like it was just, like, and they just, like drew black over the spot it was supposed to be it looked pretty bad brandon just like, kept I don't yelling know about just... it while we were watching the movie and at some point i was like shut up it's like we get it it's bad but he just kept being like why would they do that why did they do that to the clock <laughs> why not it's just like, use a know, real it's... clock <laughs> why didn't they just use a real clock though? oh that was all vodka oh <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, just so the audience is aware, Sarah is drinking, and it has now become our guest's responsibility to keep me in line. I, I had one vodka cranberry, which every time I think about vodka cranberry, I have to think of that share Sarah, fuck me. That Sarah shower vine where uh, it's like the I Hate Waitressing series and a customer is like, um, excuse me, can you tell me what's in a vodka cranberry? And she goes, I don't know, best guess, Jaeger and fucking milk. (laughs) (laughs) 
the drinks that I like have like a two ingredient maximum. I like a screwdriver, which is also just a fruit juice. A fruit juice. All fruit juice. Sarah's too drunk. She had one vodka cranberry and she's already I'm drunk. I'm not she's kind drunk, of a lightweight. I'm just stupid. And like, I've really noticed yeah. this recently. I've been mis- misspeaking so much. You're, you're taking wait. it for I am, truly. Wait, wait. Sarah Shower Vines, is is that how you pronounce the last name of that Sarah whose tweet you liked earlier? <laughs> yes, her last name is pronounced. Is that Shower. her? The the girl who posted the lingerie tweet that literally was captioned like I wish only girls and non-binary people could react to this. Look, I followed her on Twitter after seeing you yeah. retweet stuff from her, and I enjoyed it, but I had no idea she was somebody that used she's to do a, She was a Viner. She was pretty popular on Vine, and she also does TikTok, and she's a YouTuber as well. And I'm just obsessed with everything she does, because I feel she and I have a spiritual connection, as I am I just Sarah her tweets. and she is Sarah Shower. Um... I'm sorry. I am Sarah Wilton, but my middle name is Schroeder. My maiden name was Schroeder. Yeah, but I, I took that shit away from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you took her maidenhood long name. before Technically that. Technically speaking, you confiscated my middle name and then yeah. just, like, shoved my last I, name. Yeah, shoved it in there. <laughs> uh, so I, I do want to so say, I looked, I, I looked up the opening scene that had the, the clock in it. Uh, it still looks as bad as I remember. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it wasn't shit-talking it, and then it was just because, it like, you know, bad. weird distance from the TV or whatever. The other scene with a lot of CGI was the scene with the Volturi when they're fighting. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there was just a lot of really strong impacts. And at when I was watching it, I have to say that my opinion on this scene changed literally yesterday. Because when I was watching it, I was like, this is fine. Uh, because there was a lot of like breaking of walls and like stairs and stuff like that and then yesterday we watched the boys the newest episode of the boys and there was this scene where don't don't spoil anything i'm not gonna spoil anything where this girl this girl this person and this other person are having a fight and it is just like bulldozing walls and like destroying pillars and like into a table and all this stuff and it was fucking crazy and really good and then i thought back about that scene in new moon where they're having that fight and i was like you know what <laughs> that scene was the issue, really bad. The issue with it isn't even my... the cgi they're just really bad and i've noticed this in a lot of twilight stuff they're just really bad at conveying like strength and impact and yeah. like good timing and like that's more of like a, a stunt man and like fight choreography kind of thing but they make the like strong characters in twilight all the twilight movies very floaty yeah and that's something i always remember but it's like i don't know because like obviously people aren't be... strong enough to jump as high as they can or as far as they can and like but there are ways to convey it um and it works a lot better in like animation like in anime and in cartoons and that stuff because you can you know, you can make that effect work with cartoon characters, obviously, that are drawn. But, like, with normal people, seeing normal people jump that way, mm-hmm. there's no, not, it's not easy to make it look right. But Twilight does it so poorly. Like, so I absolutely poorly. it's supposed to be kind of jarring during the fighting, at least. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's good. Just because it's, like, the fact that you see two Robert, Robert Pattinson-sized people fighting... And one of them just, at the speed of light, slammed the other into the ground, and the ground, like, breaks under him. Yeah, yeah you could definitely have jarring, <laughs> but, like, not look like shit. But, I mean, like, so yeah. take, 
take these supernatural fight scenes and compare it to you know we've had a, a you know a pretty good uh, set of movies like a new subgenre basically that has always been around but has been a lot more popular in the past decade that deals with this a lot um, superhero movies where you have human looking people and some slightly not really looking you know human looking people but pretty damn close moving in ways that normal people can't move and they make it look good that's something that what? I actually uh, thought about um, when we were watching this because uh, something that like trashy vampire media has really like re capitalized on is like look how strong and fast they are and so they just show you like vampires throwing each other into walls and stuff but like you watch say like Thor and Loki fighting in an Avengers movie and those are two like incredibly like literal gods who are fighting or like Thanos fighting with Thor or Captain Marvel or whatever and it looks so good and they're fast and they're strong and they're both like indestructible and breaking everything they run into but it still looks really good gotta be because yeah, they, they make it convincing this is what I have to deal okay. with every single episode Brandon oh I'm well she aware she just starts singing <laughs> I, I hear them. But, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, superhero movies just convey momentum, impact, you know, speed, power, and all this kind of stuff very well. Because it's kind of like the whole point of it, and Twilight does not. And, I mean, they're not action movies. They're romance dramas. With Teen action. high school movies that happen to have action in them. And so they do it poorly. But, like, if you're going to have it be such, like, a, a spectacle in the in the movie, like, you, you got to do it a little bit better. Because it's not like this was, oh man, our CGI looks bad. This is, we didn't, you know, we didn't have anyone who's good at fight choreography or action choreography or, or stunts doing this properly. And it's it's one of those things where you, like, even if your movie isn't focused around action, like, if you're going to have action in it, you need to have someone on your team who has experience or, like, any kind of know-how about directing these kind of scenes or, or you know, choreographing these kind of scenes. Because it really felt like, you know, this director doesn't, have much experience doing this particular thing it doesn't matter because they're doing romance and drama and all that stuff but you know if you're gonna have it in the movie you gotta gotta know how to do it i think one of the problems that we're seeing with a lot of movies is the action and the plot are often so segmented from each other and the director and stunt choreographer clearly are on two completely different wavelengths and so you either wind up with a movie that has terrible action like new moon or a movie that has, well, New Moon also has a terrible plot, but that's beside the point. Or you wind yeah. up with a movie that has incredible action, like Extraction, but it has terrible plot. <laughs> and so you're like, I can tell that this movie, the movie was directed by a stuntman. So, like, the, it was super obvious that there was really good fight choreography going on. However, <laughs> the story... I mean, honestly, the, the story wasn't done by the director, though, in that one. It, and so I wouldn't uh, even fault that on him. I think it was pretty, pretty well directed for them for what they had. Yes, but, but the story, the director still does contribute a lot to the way the story is told. This guy directed Rogue One. The guy, the guy who yeah. directed which movie? New Moon. New Moon. Oh yeah, Moon. we we talked yes. about that. Yeah, he directed Rogue One, and Rogue One, good movie. <laughs> or wait, Very did he direct movie. it or did he? I'm going to go out on a limb here and someone is going to castrate me, but Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie of the past 20 years. I will say that... I think that's pretty easy to agree on. I've seen all the Star new Star Wars movies in theaters. 
and except for Solo. Oh, wait, um, I have a really quick correction. He didn't direct Rogue One, he co-wrote it. Still. I'm not a huge Star Wars yeah. fan. I see them because they're big pop culture movies and they're entertaining enough to watch. It's just kind of you got and, it, you know? Yeah, but... I actually enjoyed Rogue, Rogue One. One is quite really a good. Bit. The thing is, like that those the the Jedi stuff is really cool, and I like it a lot. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I always have been. Um, the Jedi stuff is really cool. I like it a lot. But I think breaking away from that stuff and finding new and inventive ways to tell different stories that don't involve the Jedi. I mean, technically, Rogue One does involve the Jedi, but the only lightsaber in that whole movie is darth vader and i think oh the darth vader scene was so good you didn't need to have all of the jedi stuff around it to make a really good story told in the star wars universe that is kind of a spoiler for a movie that came out five years ago yeah i guess but <laughs> yeah no past the window of opportunity I, like, I i will like i won't there are certain movies that I will never spoil for people who haven't seen it because I want people to see it, okay? But Rogue One is one of those movies that, like, it's like if you haven't seen Infinity War within the first two months, you're done. Like, you you, you have given up your right to not have it spoiled for you. But, like, The Prestige is a movie that I'll never spoil because that's a movie that, to this day, you might have never had spoiled for you and you could still watch it and really, really enjoy it. But Rogue One... And you should watch you it. You should, M. We have it on DVD. No, M has it on DVD because we loaned it to oh, her months ago. Yeah, I rem- <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she has the guiltiest look on her face. That's like saying I'm going to spoil Breaking Dawn Part 2, which I am. Eventually. Uh, Spoiler? For what happens next in this podcast, uh, we're going to talk about some good things. Like, number one, the fact that even though the plot of this movie was terrible, it was actually significantly better than the book. For example, Harry Clearwater was shown multiple times throughout the movie, taking an active role in the plot, and he didn't just die of a random heart attack. He actually was being stalked by Victoria through the woods when they were hunting down the uh, wolves, in quotation marks, that were eating people, and was saved by the werewolves, which is what ended up causing him to have a heart, have attack. A heart attack and die. Yeah, Brandon. So it didn't just come out of nowhere. In case you're confused the oh no i know you explained it to me during oh yeah during the he movie he wasn't in the book basically at all he was in one scene where he didn't speak like he was just mentioned that he was yeah. there he's honestly not knowing about that going in i just like seeing the movie i still think they kind of did it dirty and didn't give him the attention he needed if he had been in the first movie i would have loved it a lot more because they're the thing is like he's obviously it's like Charlie, Harry, and Billy are clearly supposed to be, like, a trio of friends. But for some reason, we only ever, like, actually witness Billy, like, interacting with Charlie. And then in the second book, we have, like, a little bit more of the indication. But, like, he's mentioned so much, but we never actually get to see him. And then he's just dead. Which is so unfortunate and, like... 
you could have added so much emotional weight if you had had him like there's so much stuff in new moon that is so unnecessary there's so much stuff in both of these books that is so unnecessary but then you have this thing that could actually have an emotional like have some emotional weight to it and then it's just like completely forfeit because you never thought to have like any interaction with harry at all yeah yeah like i said it's just weird because like not knowing how dirty they did it in the book i was just like man they really they really did this character dirty here and it's like oh it's yeah, actually imagine better than the coming book. from the book and er, imagine the fact that what you thought was bad was actually worse yeah <laughs> yeah it's like they you know they don't really explore them too much they, they have them there and you don't you get like kind of attached but not really and, and they you know it's like oh no he's he's dying over here in this house and you and then let's all get there. Oh no! Whoops. He did. Like okay, you. Yeah, you, it was <laughs> definitely a case of telling, not showing. I, hey, this person's dying. I off screen. <laughs> I do like that. Um, they definitely played up the <clears throat> fact that he knew about the werewolves in the movie. Like when Bella's like, yeah. "It's not bears, it's wolves," and he's like, "Wolves? Uh, are you sure?" And. <laughs> And then they like, and then uh, Charlie's like, uh, "Well, I mean, if you're sure, Bella." And so he's like, "Okay, let's go hunt some wolves." And Harry's just like, "Yeah, okay." Wink. Like, it does make it make a little bit more sense as to why they're never able to catch the wolves. Although, I mean, them yeah. being ridiculously fast and strong, obviously, adds to that. Well, it also shows Harry like specifically up to. Obfuscating tracks yeah. in the woods while they're hunting he, them. Uh, he gets rid of some wolf wolf tracks. Wolf boy in the woods while they're hunting them. Uh, so like it's this this. What's so sad is that New Moon and Twilight have so much shit in them, but yet there are some little details that aren't there. That like when you add them in in the movie, it's really good. Like. The having Harry actually be in New Moon was good. Having the rogue vampires presenting an existential threat to the whole town in the first movie was good. Versus just having them randomly show up at the end of the book in Twilight, and then also just having Harry Clearwater randomly die without us ever having actually seen him in New Moon. Now, if only the movies would rectify Smyre's mistake of never elaborating on Bella's powers. Oh yeah, Brandon, M and I have a very long-standing theory that Bella is secretly, like, psychic. Yeah, I, I don't think that's too far-fetched, because she has, like, the clairvoyance and, and all that. Yeah, but, like... And the, and the immunity to other psychic stuff. I need you to know... They never explore yeah, it. Yeah, that doesn't actually, like... <laughs> The psychicness and the clairvoyance never get explored. Oh, I know. It's just I've, the I've immunity. heard plenty from you guys. And it's it's but never in the entire book series. Like it's never revealed that she actually is clairvoyant. She just like is clairvoyant is. and then they never <laughs> well, you, say that she is. It's the ultimate show don't yeah. tell. Well, you know what that reminds me of? What? Uh, another movie with unexplained clairvoyance. Uh Snowpiercer. <laughs> There's just like this girl, and they, she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I know what's on the other side of the doors." I'm like, "Oh how?" And I'm like, "I don't know, I just fucking know it." And then they give her drugs. And she's like, "Yeah, that the other side of that door is dangerous." And it's like it's weird because I mean, in Twilight, there's like actually fantasy stuff. So when they don't explain it, it's just like, "Oh no, they didn't explain it. I don't understand why." And this, it's like 
there is nothing like obviously there's some sci-fi to it and dystopian stuff and you know technology that we don't have here but there's nothing fantasy about it there's no you know no one has magic powers or psychic powers mm -hmm. or anything like that it's you know just a little bit of steampunky sci-fi technology magic and even even then their technology is not even like that super advanced uh, you know the only biggest leap of you know logic is we have this train that can run around this country endlessly I, and so going from like that being the biggest suspension of disbelief to this girl randomly has clairvoyance is a, is a little bit of a jump. The so the the at least Snowpiercer is just one otherwise very well written two hour movie. Mm -hmm. Twilight is four poorly written books with the consistent reminder that Bella is psychic that never gets mm -hmm. explored. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, yeah, <laughs> thank you, M, for your double middle finger to that whole situation, because the, the I think having that note in Snowpiercer sucks, because you're kind of like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, this doesn't make any sense. However, in a book with a ton of, like, magical and psychic shit that goes on, for them to blatantly never explore that is so frustrating, because it's like, why yeah. aren't you bringing this up? Why aren't you telling them that you have prophetic dreams constantly? Yeah, there's definitely a difference between we have this one little thing that, you know, is extraordinary, and we're not going to go into it, and you just kind of have to deal with it. Because it does kind of play into the themes of, like, hope, and, like, they're not even sure if she actually is clairvoyant or not. And that, that is the thing. She could just not be clairvoyant. Um, and it could just be, like, drug-fueled, like, hypersensitivity to stuff, or it could just be she's fucking guessing. And that's kind of the, the big thing, is that, like, there's a lot of blind hope in that movie, and just hope in general, and, like, beating the odds and all this kind of stuff. That's that's the whole theme of the movie, and versus just having an unexplored plot point for convenience. And where there's no hope is in Bella's life. <laughs> so, um... No, she has, like, her her relationship has, like, Anime, anime level of plot armor. It does. I will say... That's why there's um, no hope. New Moon very well conveyed her and Jacob's relationship. Uh, Jacob was a little smarmier in the movie than he was in the book, but I mean, when you're as good-looking as Taylor Lautner, there is, there is like a chart for like smarmy versus good-looking, and like the higher up you go on the good-looking chart the more inevitability you have to wind up being just a little bit smarmy no matter what you do. So it's like the crazy yeah, hot Yeah, it's like the scale. crazy hot scale, but for men, where it's smarmy and good-looking. Um, it's like, obviously, for a long time, I've heard all the, like, you know, blah, 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 better love story than Twilight memes and all that, all that stuff over the years. And I really understand it now. I just thought it was, like, people making fun of a romance <laughs> story. But, like, they had, like, no, no chemistry and I mean, no. it's, you know, New Moon's kind of a, a weird one to pick out by itself uh, here, because obviously it's supposed to be, like, a low point in the relationship. But, like, at no point was they like, why are you, you know, this this makes sense. This is, I understand why you're salvaging this relationship. All the time, just like, why? Like, just like, why? 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 Like, this is the kind of relationship that they typically, like, purposely portray as bad in TV shows and movies. It's like, oh, no, the, the girl's with this asshole guy who, like, doesn't give him the right attention. She, he's, like, trying to be good for her. And, and all this stuff and and they're just like actually making it bad though here and yeah. I, I don't know i just don't i i see where people made fun of it for so long I, the only thing i'll say about that is that Kristen stewart is like hella gay 
so like yeah <laughs> and i i'm not gonna say she's gay she has described herself as so gay before but she has said before that she is bisexual but she obviously has a preference for women and the worst part of looking at these movies and seeing her chemistry with the men and being like, it's so obvious that she's like real gay is that while these movies were being made, she was actually dating Robert Pattinson. Like they were together in the canon of life. And so to look at these movies and see, I, he really does very well convey the like Edward constantly looks like he's in pain thing in these movies yeah yeah i used to think when i was younger i fell into the trap of thinking that like Kristen stewart and robert pattinson were absolutely terrible actors because of these films which sucks because we recently watched the lighthouse which has robert pattinson in it and we both came away with the same consensus of like i don't know if i liked that movie but it was really good and Robert Pattinson in that movie is, like, so stupid good. Like, his acting is insanely good. Also, his... And you, you have to be, because when you're in a movie where it's just you and Willem Dafoe in a, you know, in a very um, claustrophobic environment where you're, like, the entire movie is just the two of them in a small space because they're both dealing with each other a lot, to keep up with Willem Dafoe's <laughs> acting is a fucking feat. Because Willem Dafoe takes a role and he fucking acts the shit out of it. Like, none other. You want to cuddle? What are you, a fucking faggot? <laughs> is that a line from the movie? That is, Not from The Lighthouse, that is a but quote. it could be. That is a quote from the Boondock Saints where Willem Dafoe's character is a flaming homosexual. And he's laying, one night, he's laying in bed with a man and he has clearly just had penetrative sex with this man and then the guy rolls over to like cuddle him and he's like you want to cuddle what are you a fucking faggot and it's like super hateful and like not a good line but in 2020 it's funny as fuck bro that's me. that's my energy <laughs> and like the other thing is like he's a this i mean this movie came out in the in 1999, 1999. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say or 2000 uh and I mean, it takes place even before then by a bit. Uh, and so, like, the whole point is he's a, a gay, like, detective in, you know, for the, you know, that area. Yeah. And he, he, like, can't be openly gay because he'd get fired and, and, you know, all this stuff. And so he just, you know, hides it. But then he has these things. And so he's, like, very much like the closeted homosexual who hates himself for being gay. But he knows he is. And and it, he portrays that pretty well. He portrays that whole character very well. He he kind of makes that movie. Oh yeah. Um, he is the sequel, much like Kristen Stewart pretending she is trying <laughs> 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 to love Robert Pattinson. Uh, so yeah, no, that I I just like that line. I will never not laugh at that line because in nineteen, it's like so horrible it is but awful. so good. In nineteen, but now that you know that the it's bad. Yeah, the LGBTQ is bringing that word back yeah. for, for themselves. So it's having a gay man actively use that in that movie is 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 quite yeah. fitting. Twenty one years ago, that line sucks. In twenty twenty, to have a gay man laying in bed with another man and then be like, "You want to cuddle? What are you a fucking faggot?" It's just so funny. As as LGBT, I and 
two-thirds of this call is LGBT, so we're not being hateful and we're not being insensitive. We're we're be, we're lovingly laughing at this line because it's so funny. What? You want to cut your hair short? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, speaking of dykes, Kristen Stewart, uh, with short fucking hair, is the gay queen. So, like, I think I think the point is we know why her chemistry with Robert Pattinson in these movies is not super good. But her chemistry with this woman in this lesbian Christmas time romance movie is gonna be off the fucking charts. Look, I just want to say real quick. We're running out of theater. <laughs> if you want to see a movie where Robert Pattinson acts his ass off, you watch The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see a good movie with Kristen Stewart, the movie's not amazing, but it's it was very fun. But the new Charlie's Angels, she is the Kristen best Stewart part of that rocks movie. the shit out of She's that. She's the fucking yeah. best part of that movie. She's so fantastic. And I I enjoyed that movie a lot. It's not it's not a masterpiece. The, it's not art, but exchange, it was really fun. Uh, there was a shootout at my wedding. I didn't know you were married. I'm not. I was the better shot. Makes that fucking movie. And it's Kristen, Kristen Stewart, like, gets super thirsty for a woman she sees at the gym. And it's like, oh, God. She's just, like, she acts the fuck Don't out of Don't ruin the movie. movie for me. Don't ruin the movie for Why me. Why am I ruining the movie for you? This should be making Don't the ruin movie it for, me. for you. I still haven't seen it yet. Okay, watch it. What Me telling you? I know I need that to. A girl is thir- that Kristen Stewart is thirsty for a girl at the gym. If that makes you, like, if that spoils the movie too much for you, I don't know what to say. That's actually the Look, main I've plot point. I've seen two movies recently where I was not going in expecting anything gay, and I got gay women out of it, and like I want to just keep riding that high. <laughs> uh, so also apparently Kristen Stewart is real fucking good in Underwater, which apparently has a an amazing twist in it, and I really want to watch it. But Brandon is so deathly afraid of the ocean. That I don't know if I'll get him to watch it with me. Do you want me to tie him down for no. you? Absolutely not. No, that would make it so much worse. Yeah. Look, I'll watch Crawl. I can waterboard him Okay, a bit. I'll overcome my alligator shit if you'll watch Underwater with me. Mm-hmm. Look, if there's anything that could make me watch a movie like Underwater, it's Kristen Stewart. She's and in it, and she's got just... I, I know. Oh, she's so hot. Uh, she's also a, a phenomenal actress. Which she is, she, yeah. She's very, very, very talented. But I'm not going to pretend she's not hot. Speaking of talented, very, very hot, and uh, great actresses, um, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> so Brandon's favorite actress probably ever is Anna Kendrick. And she's like the most redeeming part of this movie when she's just like because she just called any scene she's in yeah any scene she's in in any anything it's just always good he's just so funny she's so good and she even like so i recently watched a um i think it was wired or vanity fair did a feature where they they have actors come in and like go through their like acting history and uh, Anna Kendrick did hers, and it was so fun to watch because she's so funny and like charismatic, and she. Yeah, it really shows that she's gone through all that, uh, uh, like improv training and everything. Yeah. It, it really shows. Um, but she was watching. She was uh talking about the Twilight series, and she was like, she first of all said that it felt like she and the entire cast had gone through a hostage situation and had like all gotten closer to each other through that. 
mm-hmm. which is so funny. Like, to describe filming the Twilight movies as going through a hostage situation, she said it was just the first one was the worst because it was freezing cold. It was wet. It was in the middle of Portland in, like, February that they were filming this movie. So she was like, I was like, I remember my Converse were completely soaked through and we were all so miserable. Um, but then one of the, like, she, when she's talking about Eclipse, because she's not really in it that much, but she is. And she's, like, giving a graduation speech, and she's like, everybody always tells me how wonderful the graduation speech is, but honestly, the speech isn't that great. It's just Kristen Stewart's phenomenal acting. And she goes on and on about how wonderful Kristen Stewart is, and I was like, we fucking love a woman who props other women up and, like, does not hold back in talking about how uh, talented they are, because that shows true, unadulterated confidence to be able to be like, look, it's not me, it's her. Women standing women that stand women. Yes, we are women standing women who stand women. And Brandon is a boy. But I also stand the women that stand women. Okay. We're happy to have you. But uh, if you want to see Anna Kendrick in movies where she's great, um, (laughs) all of them. Uh, But, I mean, you can go far back as Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, Once again, not even in it that much. A little bit more than Twilight. She's fucking hilarious uh, in that movie. Hilarious in everything. Um... I want to do a Pitch Perfect. <laughs> I want you to do a Pitch Perfect podcast one day. Um, called Pitch Perfect is Perfect. Um, and, uh, you can you can look forward to that. Um, Tell you what, next series. episode of our podcast, we can watch Pitch Perfect and enjoy a good movie. We're gonna do Heck and, yeah. and we can even do it in our underwear again. <laughs> no, you guys watched Mean Girls in your underwear. Yeah, we watched Mean Girls in our idiot. underwear. <laughs> oh shit! No, we watched Pitch Perfect and Mean Girls. We did not watch Pitch Perfect. Oh no, it was Birdemic. Yes, we watched Birdemic. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Birdemic, but like at this too. point, I think it's we never too watched Birdemic together. I've watched. Yeah, you can just watch like the five funny scenes of Birdemic, and then you're. you're I've you're, seen you're a couple of clips. You kind of have to have the whole. You've series. probably seen all the yeah. the entertaining stuff because it is just a lot of. I used stuff, to too. get the birds confused with Birdemic, but like the okay. birds, yeah, very different. The birds is a horrifying movie. Birdemic is comical. What, do you also get Vertigo confused with Skyscraper? No. Though Andrea did get Skyscraper confused with Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> she, she posted this on Facebook the other day. My best friend, I love her to death, she posted on Facebook that uh, this memory of hers where she was watching a movie and she was like, I don't remember Die Hard being this bad. And someone was like, that's because it's Skyscraper. And she was like, that makes sense. I got it. <laughs> I saw that. I saw when she posted that. I legit thought that was a meme. If for, sorry, to give a little bit of context, Die Hard is like my second favorite movie ever. I've seen it so many fucking times. So anytime it comes up in conversation, I like get excited a little bit. And I remember when she told me that she had made that, that mistake. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> How do you ever confuse any other movie for Die Hard? You don't. You simply don't. It's like confusing another movie for Jurassic Park or Scream. Like, what? Mm. No, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Scream. That fu- is Scream that funny <laughs> movie that makes fun of horror movies? Yes, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But no, it's not. <laughs> I, won't, I won't fault anyone who has never seen Scream but saw a scary movie like 12 years ago. And so they think they saw Scream. 
because they don't they just never knew the difference i won't fault you for that i mean i'll be fair i watched a scary movie before i saw scream yeah i had never seen i i thought that that's where like the ghost face mask came from i never liked movie. those like overdone hollywood parody movies like superhero movie and scary movie and stuff i just didn't think they most, were funny most of them were bad but scary movie one through three scary i think we're all good phenomenal. I will like yeah. I now not all of them, but most of them are pretty. Are, were pretty I good. Also I also haven't seen them in <laughs> like literally uh, nine years at this point, so it might be one of those things where look at back at it now. I'm like, how the Guys, fuck did I ever think this talking... is funny? It's like going back to read Twilight and realizing that it's so much worse than you actually. We're talking it was. so little about actual New Moon, and I think it's because that's look. Here's my theory on this: it's because it's a fucking mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, the fucking, fucking mayonnaise. It's, like I said, it's just it, uh, there's not much to it in the end. Yeah, Bella goes through a mental breakdown, uses Jacob to try and get over it until Alice comes back because Ed thinks she's dead. New Moon takes her to Italy to save Ed, and then everyone's pissed off at each New other. Moon. Look, it's like I said when the movie was like ending, like the credits were starting. <laughs> it's like we just watched two hours and I feel like almost nothing is yeah, happening. Yeah, when the movie like, ended... Like 25 minutes worth of plot had happened in those two hours. Yeah, when the movie ended, Brandon literally was like, wait, that's it? Like, that's all that happens? Yeah. The pro so It's like, I get it because it's... Like, you can do a lot more with a little bit in a book. So it makes sense as like a movie between you know, a first book and a second in a longer series. It makes sense that not as much happens. Um, it's still not probably very good to have that happen. Uh, but, like, I don't, this was so little that actually happened. You could literally remake it in a 30-minute short film, and it would have, like, it would have held the same weight. There was just so much unnecessary stuff and so much, so many dull moments, so many downtime, so much downtime in it. Better yet, 20-minute porno where Bella fucks Jacob, says this ain't the good dick, leaves with Alice, fucks Alice on the plane, goes to pick up Rob Pat. <laughs> I don't want to see that because these are high schoolers, but I mean in the book. Okay, I was ignoring that. Yeah. Thing. Okay. The poor but, like age it up to college. Consider them to be high schoolers, okay? New Moon the movie falls victim to the same thing Twilight the movie did, and that is they were adapting a 563 page book into one two hour film i thought you were gonna say that new moon had the same issue as twilight where it was trying to adapt a shit book it, that's tr that's true like you but like it's really hard to take a shit book and make a great movie out of it they were never gonna do that that's the thing that we talked about during the first one was that they were never going to be able to turn twilight into a good movie just like they were never going to be able to turn new moon into a good movie so here's the, the thing you don't you want to get, do that the further away you get from the possibility yeah. <laughs> yeah but like so if you're gonna take a bad book or any bad source material and turn it into a good movie even if it's like a remake of an older movie you need like a new writing team you need to rewrite most of it you need to redo a bunch of stuff and make it good because there's no way to just take something bad adapt it to a different medium and have it just intrinsically be good with just like the tiny changes you can make you need to redo most of it. And so at that point, why are you even adapting something? Yeah. It's more expensive to adapt something and completely redo it than it is to just start a brand new IP and make it, you know, and make it good from the beginning. Because you're doing everything you would need to with a brand new IP, except you're also paying for the rights or whatever, or someone has bought, you know, these rights to, to make this movie. And then you also have to deal with adapting it instead of just writing something brand new and making it good. 
So like it's Brandon, it's kind of Sarah's very eager to. It's say okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Finish what you were saying. No, that was that was it. Okay, I was just gonna say that the problem with the, with these things is that you can't just change everything because Twilight has such a huge monstrous following. Like the they have to make the movies as close to the books as they can because they're making the movies because people are fucking obsessed with the books, not because. They're like, oh, see this IP that had kind of a good idea? Let's see if we can do it better as a film. And you know where else that came up? A lot more uh, from the movie series based on the book series that shall not be named. The Hobbit? And that no. Too. The one with the transphobic <laughs> monster of an author. You know why her name's J.K. Rowling? Because her, name, her name's J.K. because she's a fucking joke. <laughs> yeah, we do not respect. We do not drink respect JK Rowling juice in this house. Okay, so like the magic community has no turfs on Grohl turf um when talking about a, a particular turf related to it. When we need something for for Harry Potter, I just don't know what. See, I have just completely abandoned Harry Potter altogether. I am officially only associating with Percy Jackson. I mean, there's other book series that I could associate with, but the one that you hyperfixate on and base your personality around. I mean, I'm a child of Poseidon. What can I say? I choose Percy Jackson and Three Houses, since Three Houses lets me play as a female character that can romance female characters. Hell yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses is the new Harry Potter. You don't have to choose between four houses where one is good, one is smart, one is evil, and one is stupid. <laughs> not stupid. I say that special. as a Hufflepuff. Brave. <laughs> special. Like, I was a fucking Huff. I am a fucking Hufflepuff through and through. Brandon's a Ravenclaw. I don't know what Emmy is. I don't know if you give a shit. I think all of us should be none of them. <laughs> I'm just saying what I, I was when I identified with that transphobic piece of fucking garbage. I went to that school full of. There was like an all girls school with a bunch of pretty girls. I started hating Harry. I'm gonna be honest here. I started hating Harry Potter a while ago. A few years ago, I took a hit a a, a class. A hit. I took a hit. I took a class on Irish history. Yo, and uh, yeah. they went into incredible detail on how fucking offensive Seamus Finnegan is because he's the Irish student who constantly fucking blows shit up. And uh, yeah, that's awful. And so I started hating Harry Potter after that, and then. I still was always I I JK Rowling made millions on writing offensive stereotypical tropes into a book that were masked enough that nobody noticed for a couple you decades. You mean like the romantic interest Cho Chang? Yeah. Mm. Look, I didn't revisit any of Harry Potter cuz like I know if I do I'm not going to like it anymore. And then it turned out that JK was a piece of shit. So I, I was like, you know, I, I can just hate it now without having to revisit <laughs> it. I can I'm openly still hate upset it. I that I bought the eight movie collection on Blu ray for my ex. Ew. I mean, wait, does your you ex know, have it, it or do you have it? She okay. has it. She's so perfect. Who cares? Yeah. But I but bought, you it. bought it. You paid money for it. That sucks. I once bought a complete set of Harry Potter, and then um, it got destroyed when my old house uh, was destroyed by a tree. So, you know. It's the tree reclaiming the wood that was used to make the paper <laughs> for a better purpose. The point is, the Revenge Twilight for its Saga brethren. is somehow better than uh, Harry Potter. I mean, it's not as toxic. It has its is issues, for That's sure. That's true. 
people base their entire personality around Harry Potter and continue to base their entire personality around Harry Potter so much more than Twilight. People outgrew Twilight for, uh, for the most part. And I'm yeah, glad like the they worst did. thing Twilight had was like, you know, showing not great relationships in a good light and all that kind of stuff, but you know, if that's the worst you have that nowadays that's fine. Hey guys, so um Sorry for the random cut, but M's internet uh, has completely shut off. So, um, honestly, there's really not much for us to say about the movie that we haven't already said. Uh, it was kind of shit, and uh, the plot is awful, as we said in the multiple episodes leading up to it about the book's plot. Um, the CG was not great. Uh, the storytelling obviously needs but to be... Some, uh, huh? some of the... Some of the um, CG was actually pretty decent. You're right. Some of the CG was pretty good. I have to give. I have to give. Honestly, I think the wolf CG, like they wanted to make that the best CG because they knew that it was gonna have to hold up for the next movie that they were making because there's a lot more wolves in Eclipse than there were in. Well, they could also they could also justify it by their working on it for that movie but also the next movie exactly. so it, it works out um i what i will say is at the end of the movie when they were voting on whether or not bella was going to be a vampire and jasper was like i vote yes it would be nice not to want to kill you all the time i laughed hysterically at that part i thought it was very funny so um that's pretty much it as far as New Moon the movie goes, um, this is definitely going to be its own episode because we talked for way too long. And honestly, not that much about New Moon, but like, I hope you enjoyed the episode anyway. It's it's the mayonnaise. <laughs> um, so if if Twilight and Breaking Dawn Part 2 are the like horrible pieces of bread and we have mayonnaise here, we have, you know, two more movies but between there. Three more movies. Uh, but between the, the Oh, no, bread. sorry, only two more movies. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm excited to put the ketchup and mustard on this horrible sandwich. Whoa, wait, hold on. What's the meat? Are we just eating a mayonnaise, ketchup, and mustard sandwich? That, that was the joke, yes. Except <laughs> this sandwich is horrible. Fuck. All right, well, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode. Follow us on Twitter at 2020TwilightPod. I am Sarah S. Wilton, and M is M of many names. Do you want to pimp your twitter handle as well nope okay brandon is you, you'll you'll find it if you if you want yeah it. if you want it it's not hard to find um we also now have a coffee where you can make donations if you want to uh spot us a couple of dollars here and there we currently only have one goal uh which is uh fifty dollars uh to support our rss feed for a few months it does cost us ten dollars a month to keep that up and running so we are obviously losing money on this endeavor um, the We're also buying more audio equipment. <laughs> yes, we now have We've... so many more microphones than we ever had and... before. And we bought a preamp, so we're now <laughs> oh, we're reaching a thousand dollars put in into this project. Yeah. So. Um. So the coffee is ko-fi.com/slash/2020twilightpod, or you can find the link um at our Twitter. Uh, and next time we will be diving into the first episode of Eclipse or apparently doing a Pitch Perfect podcast. Who knows? You'll have to turn it. Turn in? Fuck. Turn it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You'll have to tune in to find out. Thank you so much for listening. Well, it, I, I have to say goodbye. Okay, fine. Because you, you're not going to see me in the next episode. Well, you're not going to see me in any episode. You're not going to hear me in the next episode. Um, 
Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here, guys. I wish you could say that to M as well, <laughs> but um, I guess I'll never speak to her again because her internet's out. So, um, but yeah, you'll see me at the next movie episode um, when we dive into the ketchup or mustard or whichever one it is, and I I'm excited. So <laughs> thank you so much for uh, coming on with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh wait, did, didn't you say we do movie recommendations at the end of these? Oh. We were supposed to do book recommendations, but you can recommend a movie. But this is a movie. But this is a, a movie episode. You're right. This is a movie episode. So um, what movie? I'm gonna pretend like we haven't already recommended like 20 different movies. <laughs> or you know what? Well, I'm just gonna recommend the same movies we recommended. Watch Pitch Perfect. Watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Watch uh, Rogue One. <laughs> watch The Lighthouse. Watch the new um, Charlie's Angels. Watch The Prestige. I think that's all the movies we kind of we kind of went over. Oh no, we I mean we kind of went over the Marvel superhero movies. But who so hasn't more seen those thing. at this point? That isn't yeah. Going watch to. watch the boys on Amazon Prime. Please watch the boys on Amazon Prime. It's pretty good. It's very gruesome. Don't watch. Oh yeah, you know, super. Make sure it's for you for sexual assault and major violence. Like and a, a lot of other things. A lot of other things, but those. Bas- are it covers ones. basically everything. It does do. It, you know, it, it has a lot, but it, it actually represents some things pretty well. It has a nice concept. And but, if we can get know, M to do a recommendation for a movie, we'll cut it in here. Uh, she has no right until she watches The Prestige and Charlie's Angels <laughs> okay. after, we've, after we've been telling her for months. I'm going to recommend Fast and the Furious 1 through 7, except skip 2. No, not 2. Skip 3. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. But if you don't, you don't have to. But if you really like cars, watch it. If you're not a big car person, don't watch it. But if you do watch the Fast and the Furious movies, oh, also the eighth one is fine. Uh, but if you I was do say watch, if you two. do watch the Fast and the Furious movies, you have to watch one, two, four, five, six, seven. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight. Is the order? And and then Hobbs and Shaw. And then Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw is also fantastic. Movie recommendations. Let's see. Recent movies, Parasite, very good. Had some good humor in it, along with the drama. Everything just felt really real. Real talk. Uh, Bumblebee, definitely recommend Bumblebee. Huge Transformers fan. Didn't care for a lot of the live action ones, but Bumblebee was amazing. All right, I'm done. Are you done? Oh, I'm done. All right, bye. Peace.